This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Matthew is here as he is every Friday during the Vikings season. Mr. Collar, Mr. Purple Insider is with us like all our guests. He's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. I know players can get better. They can get worse. Fans' perceptions can change. But if I would have told you in our opening conversation before the Vikings and Packers met that the Vikings are going to make the playoffs, but the number one player Vikings fans are most concerned about if he's going to play is Garrett Bradbury. I think you would have laughed at me. And it appears now it's full go, full uh, participant in practice the last couple days. How much better does Bradbury make him than uh, Chris Reed? Yeah, I mean, I would have believed it if you had said the backup was a guy who literally never played center before. <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> uh, that, would have cha- that would have changed the opinion a little bit. Yeah, I think that sure. you know, overall, Garrett, Garrett Bradbury has made pretty big strides this year. I also think that maybe teams are attacking the guy to his right a little bit more and maybe even the guy to his left because the two guards rank first and third in pressures allowed in the entire league. Um, so there might be a little element of that that's taking some pressure off of Bradbury. But, you know, part of this is who they're playing against. If they were playing an average defensive tackle, you probably wouldn't care that much or talk about it that much. They are playing the premier defensive tackle in the league, not named Aaron Donald. I mean, Dexter Lawrence, I think he might have gotten second-team All-Pro today and definitely deserved first-team All-Pro. I mean, this guy has just been an absolute superstar in every aspect, but especially when it comes to demolishing centers and getting after the quarterback. So Garrett Bradbury still has a huge challenge here, and I think that some of the weaknesses of his game have not gone away. Like, he still gives up pressure up the middle to dominant defensive tackles. But that's, I mean, that's the matchup that could make the game because if this guy, we've seen it before, if this guy takes over, if a defensive tackle takes over, then you get strip sacks, you get tip ball interceptions, you get cousins under pressure. Um, And there's only one way to take Justin Jefferson out of a game, and that is to hit the heck out of Kirk Cousins. That's the only way to do it. Uh, And I think the Giants know that. They're not going to be able to cover him, but they will be able to get after um, Kirk Cousins. But this certainly helps their chances having Bradbury in there as opposed to Chris Reed. Who do you believe will be the starting right tackle for the Vikings about uh, 332 on Sunday? 
Mm, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I think that they have to be considering Blake Brandle. They clearly do not trust Ole Udo, and I understand why. I mean, he lost out on the swing tackle job in training camp to Blake Brandle. Uh, Brandle had his moments at left tackle, had his ups and downs, as you would expect from somebody who's coming off the bench uh, to, you know, to back up Christian Derrissaw, who's another guy who had a good case for an all-pro this year. I mean, so it's never easy with anyone's backups, but when Udo played last year at tackle for two games, he was graded as one of PFF's lowest graded tackles for those two weeks when he had to be in there. And I think that's what they saw going back to training camp when they evaluated those guys. Uh, Brandle is a very technical player, very smart player, and I I think that that is a difference maker for them. But no matter who it is, it's not going to be an easy time over there. I mean, you're talking about Kayvon Thibodeau, a top draft pick who's come along this year and has really grown as a player. And Brian O'Neill was another guy that's one of the premier players in the entire league at his position. There's just no easy replacement for that. Um, I think that if they feel very confident in Brandle's health, after seeing him in a couple of aggressive practices, that he will start. But if they feel like he's still kind of recovering from, I think it was a knee injury, then they'll probably start Ole Udo. And either way, it's something to give Vikings fans nightmares going into this game. Okay, so let's stay on the offense and let's talk Delvin. Uh, this team's running game is, is odd, right? They, they, they have games where it looks like it's going to be central to what they've done. Then they have other games where they abandon it. They have games where they have so many negative yards. Dalvin's had a number of those games. There are games where Madison looks every bit as good as Dalvin. Then you have games where Dalvin looks like he's the fastest player on the field. How uh, how essential uh, to the Vikings winning this game and advancing to the divisional round is a very successful running game for the Vikings on Sunday afternoon? I think normally in the year 2023, I would say, eh, you know, running the football, whatever. That's not going to determine who wins. But, you know, when you think about this opponent, how bad the Giants are defending the run. And even the last time Delvin went against them, he averaged six yards carry. And uh, Kevin O'Connell refused to stay with it because for him, running is like flossing. Like, he just, like, he he gets told every time he goes to the dentist, like, you got to do this. I don't know. I don't feel like it. Um, it, it's like a thing that he just knows that he should be doing. So every once in a while he dials one up and then he goes right back to the pass, which I respect. And I think is probably the approach we wanted Mike Zimmer to take more often as a pass first run the offense through Justin Jefferson. But this is a defense that blitzes 40% of the time and they might do it more with backup offensive linemen at right tackle and, and guys who have given up a lot of pressures and some inexperience at right guard. I mean, this is a defense that really loves to be super hyper-aggressive, and what's the way to make them stop doing that is to catch them on a blitz on a delay handoff or something like that and get a big run and make them kind of back off a little bit. Um, but to your point, I mean, there's it just hasn't been the same Delvin Cook. I also don't know if the run scheme is quite as good of a fit as the, the true outside zone, the classic Terrell Davis style that Gary Kubiak ran. I mean, for, for Kubiak, it was like an art form was running the football. And I, I just don't think that they've really looked at it in the same level of detail that the previous regime did, which again, you know, look, if they're putting their effort into passing, that's going to be more efficient overall. But in a game like this, I think they need them. I just don't think you can count on them. I, I think that in a week to week basis, 
um, yeah, you might get that one explosive run that he's had this year, the 81-yard touchdown against the Bills. But for the most part, it's like if they're going to win this game, it's going to be because Kirk Cousins throws the football to Justin Jefferson many times, and that's how they're going to do it. Okay, so let's stay with that with Jefferson. Remind folks, uh, callers here, Matthew Collar from uh, Purple Insider. It is a must, especially in a week like this. Leading into the playoffs, uh, podcast, mailbag today, interviews, Brian Murphy, Paul Hodawanek, a lot of people involved with uh, Purple Insider. Let's just toss out last week's game against the Bears. It was like an exhibition game. The Bears wanted no part of playing that game. The Vikings, the last time it was a meaningful game, and again, not every team has Jair Alexander, and it was still about Jair and safety help. But I'm sure a lot of Vikings fans think of number plays where Jair Alexander just got right up in the line of scrimmage, physical with Jefferson, threw him off, got into Jefferson's head, and he didn't do a lot. Do the Giants have that approach and that personnel to try to do the same thing? No, uh, they don't. I mean, Jair Alexander is one of the three or four best at his position in the entire league. Uh, Former high draft pick. I mean, one of the highest paid corners in the league for a reason. And even then, there were probably missed opportunities by the quarterback in that game where Justin Jefferson was open and didn't get the football. Another time he just fell down because he refused to wear the right cleats. I mean, I don't think any of that stuff's going to happen here. Um, you know, what? Are, I, I mean, Adoree Jackson is their guy who's coming back, who is a good corner, very solid, you know, kind of a mid-pack type of corner. And they're going to put safeties over him because everyone puts safeties over him. But if you remember the touchdown that he caught uh, to go ahead late in the game um, against the Giants last time, They were playing him double coverage out of the slot. He beat two dudes and made an incredible catch for a touchdown. I mean, most of the season, every team has been putting a safety over him, trying to press him. What they haven't really done a lot until Alexander was have one guy follow him around, which was pretty effective. But I don't know if Adoree Jackson can do that. It's also not even clear if he's 100% to play because he's been dealing with a knee injury. I mean, this to me all comes down to whether Cousins can get the ball out and whether he makes any mistakes because – the Giants are one of the best teams in the league at not turning the ball over on offense. So if you turn it over once, twice, three times, I mean, you're going to have a pretty tough time winning the game. Then that all comes down to the pressure because I just don't think they have a coverage unit that could stop Jefferson. Or honestly, like TJ Hawkinson had 13 catches. I think uh, KJ Osborne has really emerged in the second half of the season. This is, this is one of the worst coverage units in the league, in the Giants, even if they're getting – a little bit healthier, but they have this great defensive line, and that has so often been the Achilles heel of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Let's pause, come back, and spend more time on the beleaguered Vikings defense, how they match up with Saquon Barkley and the Giants, and also remind folks about a rule change now in play for the playoffs. It will be, I don't know, 75% of the TVs, which are on on uh, Sunday, starting at 330 will be on the Vikings and Giants. It will be the biggest story locally of the weekend. That's why we're talking about it. That's why Robert Smith joined us at the start of the show. He was excellent on the Vikings and also on Happy New Year, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Safety of Players, a little space talks. Robert was great. You can podcast the Robert conversation. Uh, Just sign up for our show, Chad Hartman Show, Spotify, Apple, Odyssey, anywhere you get the podcasts. 
This particular conversation with Matthew will be available through podcasts uh, probably in about a half hour. More with Mr. Caller in moments on CCO. 21 past uh, two, we continue with Matthew Collar from Purple Insider. Dave Harrigan's Am I Wrong? As always, Friday's at uh, 2.35. Okay, I want to start with Zadarius Smith, who was great most of the games, I don't know, for six, seven games, and then he's fallen off. And I know we have the reports of an injury, and we – no, we have people who are saying, hey, if he just was healthy, he would be a different player. And that might be right, okay? And I'm not doubting that he's injured. Is it also possible he's just not playing as well and the injury is only a small part of it? And how essential is he to uh, winning this game on Sunday? Yeah, I think uh, another thing, too, is that sacks kind of are like home runs where they come in bunches and – they came in bunches early in the year and then not so much toward the end of the year. But when you look at his pressure numbers, he was still week in and week out getting close to the quarterback and causing problems for the quarterback, especially in the game against the Giants. And their offensive line is not very good, by the way. I mean, I think PFF had them as 24th, which is actually worse than the Vikings, who cracked the top 20 for the first time in a while in uh, PFF's grades. So there's an opportunity here, especially with Daniil Hunter over their right tackle, Evan Neal, who's just having a really, really bad rookie season. Um, so those two dominated last time against the Giants. I think they had 16 total pressures between them, which is a monster day. Uh, so I, I also look at the decision not to play Zedarius against Chicago as being a very smart one. I think based on what happened with the Chargers, they shouldn't have played anyone still, but they got away with it. Uh, but Zedarius being at his best is so huge for them because when you look around, it's kind of like who else can pressure the quarterback outside of these two guys? And if both aren't clicking at the same time, you just have a very happy quarterback that you're going up against standing back there and making plays. So I think, I think it is a big deal for him. Uh, but the other thing is that, you know, Daniel Jones is pretty good at, at running away. He's a pretty mobile quarterback. He's run for over 700 yards. He's also pretty good at diagnosing blitzes. He actually had better numbers this year versus the blitz than not. So it really kind of comes down to those two guys. But I think that resting him up last week, getting him to as close to 100% as he can, is a pretty big deal. And I guess, you know, he's he's kind of a guy I look at as a big-time player, right? Like under the lights or whatever you want to call this, you know, national TV, playoff game, I think this is one where Zadarius Smith will be pretty good. This has to be a close game, right? I mean, you can't play this entire year with all these one-score games, and I'm not forgetting the blowouts. I just don't think the Giants are good enough to blow the Vikings out at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. But come on, this has got to be last four minutes to go, and we have no idea who's going to win this game. (laughs) You know what's weird about this game is that a lot of the things that will determine it are things that we don't feel like we have control over. Like when we talk about the matchups and everything else, offense versus defense, defense versus offense, the two coaches, all those things. But when you put them out on paper, they look pretty darn similar. I mean, the Vikings uh, had a minus three-point differential. The Giants had a minus six-point differential. And everybody spent the whole year talking about how neither team was for real, but yet here they are in the playoffs going up against each other. And even though they aren't exactly the same in terms of how they're built, um, the kind of results in terms of their you know whole season where it was ups and downs a little bit, some blowout losses that the Giants faced, some big wins that they got to be here. 
it's a lot of looking in the mirror. And what often comes down to is, you know, the Vikings special teams has been extremely boom or bust. It's either giving up a touchdown or scoring one or blocking a punt or having a punt blocked or missing a field goal or blocking a field goal. Like it just, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a season where the special teams was involved in so many big plays that turn games. Um, but that's a big thing. And, and tipped balls and sacks and strips and fumbles and things like that. Like, this one seems, I totally agree, like a three-point game at the end that ends mm-hmm. up having some random event play a huge role, which, you know, I don't know. To say that the game is random maybe is a little unfair to the Vikings who deserve to be favored, but it just feels like it's going to be another one of those games that we've gone through all year long. Okay, I think I have this right. Correct me if I'm wrong, and this is off the scintillating AFC championship game where Kansas City – ends up beating Buffalo when Buffalo just didn't get the ball, right? It was it was Allen and Mahomes at the end at their best. Allen was probably better throughout the game. Mahomes was kind of what Mahomes does every once in a while where it seems like he just wanders for like a quarter and a half, but then for the other two and a half quarters, he plays football better than anybody ever has. And in the regular season, if you get a touchdown, if you get the ball in overtime, ball game over. I think I have this right. In the playoffs, no matter what, both teams get the ball. Am I correct? And you like that yes, change? Yes. Yeah. Basically, the NFL is making fun of the 09 Vikings even more um, yeah, for this yes. one. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. So it's, it's interesting that a uh, subscriber to the newsletter suggested that the team that uh, loses the coin toss actually kick an onside kick. And I was thinking about this, and I actually love it. And I wonder if anyone will try it because I saw think that, about yeah. like if you if you don't get the onside kick, and the other team is forced to kick a long field goal, if you get a stop, then if they miss it, you might have the ball right there, ready to score and win right the game. There. Or yeah. if, if they make it, you could still go win the game. Or even if you give up the worst case scenario with a touchdown, you could still go down and tie it. I mean, I. I don't know. I don't honestly love it, to tell you the truth. Like, I think that you already played four quarters. Like, let's see who wins here uh, in the next one. But it changes the dynamic, and I, I'm very interested to see if we get an overtime, kind of how teams approach that. Like, would a team kick off first, knowing that they can't lose the game, and if they get a stop, they'll get really good field position to win it? Um, I think that actually might be the best play, and that's kind of weird. Okay, so let, let's, let's do that. In the Vikings scenario, and I, by the way, we differ. I like this rule. I think both teams should get the ball, and I get the argument, and it's a good one. Hey, guess what? Play defense. I, I still think you should get the ball. The Vikings defense, and I know it's Daniel Jones. It's not Pat Patrick Mahomes. But let's say it's a game where it's 24-24, and Daniel Jones has got 250 yards, and Saquon's got 110 combined. Can can you trust? Because right now the, the the opportunity to recover the odd sides kick is about one in fifty. It seems like since they kept people on each side of the kicker, it's almost impossible. With this defense, is it worth the risk to try that? Well, it's probably higher if you surprise them, right? Like the surprise New Orleans Saints in the Super Bowl onside kick. Although now it's not a surprise since I mentioned it, but uh, yeah. Now that we know, like, listen, now that we've talked to talked about it, the both coaches are podcasting this, so so it won't be a surprise <laughs> anymore. But I do think the surprise onside kick has a higher uh, percentage. Maybe it's like one in four. 
of getting it. Um, I don't think nothing about Kevin O'Connell to me this year has ever said this guy's going to break the game with unique game management. Uh, I think it's been like his team has been a little wiser when it comes to the situations, but he's misused timeouts. He's kicked field goals when he shouldn't have. He, he hasn't gone for fourth downs like crazy or anything. So I'd be very surprised if all of a sudden they went totally rogue and did something like that. I think if you're the Vikings, knowing how bad your defense has been all year, knowing who your best wide receiver is, you just take the ball, go score, and see what happens, probably. But yes. I don't, I don't, if you're an underdog in the game, though, and you're not supposed to be there, kick an onside kick. Give it a shot. One last item that just uh, broke in the last two minutes. Ian Rappaport saying Sean McVay. He is going back to L.A. I'm, you know, it's not like I spent a lot of time on this. I'm shocked. I thought he would look at the fact he didn't walk away last year, how this year went, some family tumult too. His wife is from Ukraine. It's been very difficult, and they don't look very good for next year. I thought he might walk away and just collect a big paycheck, get a TV deal, but he's headed back. I'm a little surprised by that too. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Like the John Madden route. You win the Super Bowl young, and then you uh, kind of go off and do TV. I mean, Bill Cowher even. I, I mean, he wasn't quite this young, but, you know, I think there was a lot of talk. Or go back in five years. going to go back. Yeah, right. And then just melt. He likes the TV too much. Yeah, some guys are just coaches, though. Like, that's, that's what they're going to do yeah. for their entire life because that's who they are. Like Belichick. Why does Belichick still do it, right? Like, what is he even doing? Because that's just – who he is, and maybe McVeigh is the same kind of guy. Thank you, sir. I'll be paying attention uh, to uh, what you're offering up on Sunday, and we'll talk next week. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. Am I wrong? Trust me, he'll be wrong plenty of times. He'll probably be wrong every single time. Let's just be honest. Am I wrong with Dave Harrigan is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 